welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster. I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. It's nice. It's good. It's nice having basically, except for baseball, uh, the three major winter sports. Well, I guess, yeah, no, it feels normal. You know, you have the three major winter sports in action. And if you include soccer as well. And then you yes. could add. Then you could add four to that. Right. It feels nice. It feels nice that there's uh, there's something to do in the midst of our um, uh, isolation. Yes. Um, on a scale of one to ten, and, and, and our listeners can uh, can definitely uh, chip in on, on this response. Um, one to ten. How out of your mind are you going yet? Um. You know, it's interesting because I've been going to work. So I haven't been going into the office. So mm-hmm. I haven't been as isolated as most people. So you, what you're saying is you are unqualified to answer this question. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, for the um, for the more for the common folk and for those that are not a member of the one percent that decide to go into work every day and subscribe to the AP and go to Hof- attend Hofstra University and have multiple degrees. You don't, and, you don't. and is an award-winning journalist. I would say about a nine. I'm, 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 I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I do leave my house more than most, but really, I'm, I'm not going to work. Like basically, after the holidays were over, I just have barely been going in to the office. So that's always, always good. Hey, Adam, I have a question for you. You yes. have a redeemable bird buck. Would you like to use it? Oh, God. <laughs> See. This is like one of those things where, you know, like you're in a game and you get this like incredible weapon that, you know, can like one hit kill and you can only use it once. Yes. And you don't know when and like you're thinking about using it, but then you're like, well, maybe there might be a better opportunity in the future. I'll go back and I will. um, It's like having a nuke. It's like having a nuke in in modern warfare for all the uh, for all the COD people out there. Yep. Actually, I just got into Warzone. I my friends just got me to play it for the first time. I'm not. I see. I'm not a Warzone guy. I I stick. I stick to my uh, my FIFA, and that's uh, that's about it. Well, if it wasn't for my friends, I probably wouldn't do either. Because I'm I play Halo more than uh, more than Call of Duty. You should play FIFA. FIFA's great. FIFA is fun. I play FIFA also. The gameplay sucks. Gameplay's terrible. It but, could it could be better. See the. Ultimate Team? Ultimate Team is a great time. Yeah. Well, Ultimate Team is a great time when you have Cristiano Ronaldo just leading the line. It's awesome. When you have financial independence, I guess. Ultimate team no, 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 no. No, I, this is not financial independence. I spend, I, the only thing I've spent on the game was just buying it. Cool. Well, that's actually pretty, pretty impressive that you were able to get Cristiano Ronaldo. And well, that's what that's what that's that's what's nice about and anybody who plays FIFA will be able to understand this. And, and Ultimate Team is this year. It's just so much easier to have a god squad because there's just so many ways that you can just get you can get packs and you can get sick players and you can play for players and, and everything like that. So they make it a whole lot easier. And given our current situation, there are a lot of nights where if I am not watching basketball or if I'm not watching hockey, I will just be. On FIFA, or I'll, or I'll do one of, or I'll just have double monitor. I'll just have FIFA on one, and then on the other monitor, I'll have like the Rangers or the Knicks or whatever, whatever game is on. Like for for the uh, games over the weekend, 
exactly what I did. I sat in my room and I had the games up on my computer and I was just watch I was watching the games as I was playing as I was playing FIFA. So a little uh, little multitasking. I like that. I like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a nice visual for uh, for the listeners too. The dual models. Exactly. Dual monitor. Yeah. Maybe that'll be the deep sleeper on on the uh, vanilla. Basically. The dual the right. dual monitor setup is the is a deep sleeper. Dual monitors, deep sleeper. It's actually yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun setup. That might be my deep sleeper. Now that I'm thinking about it, that that actually might be it. Little spoiler alert for uh, for dual listeners of the Basement Talk Podcast, Fantasy Show, and the Basement Talk Podcast. Yeah, that I think that's going to be my my deep sleeper. Dual dual monitors. Yeah, uh, one of my friends actually has he has a dual so he has a and a he has a dual monitor setup as well, but they're both widescreen, mm-hmm. like ultra wide. So yeah. it's actually so basically he has one in the in front horizontally mm-hmm. and then he has another to the side that's completely vertical it's very it's an interesting setup that's a very interesting setup yes i don't know how I, he does it but it works that's a very very interesting setup because i have i have my main tv that i have behind me and this is this is just trying to be very visual i understand this is terrible radio but forgive me i'm clearly not a radio professional and did not attend Hofstra university do not have multiple degrees Wait a minute! You, and, and you do not did subscribe a, to the wait, one. Wait, 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 wait a minute! You, you're lying about one of those things. I did attend Hofstra University, but I don't have multiple degrees. Make that neither very clear. Do I. Well, neither do I. So they say. So they say. And so I have the TV behind me, and I have the power bank next to me. So I'm able to just take my charger from my laptop, bring it on over, clear some space on the ottoman. For, or on the, on the, which, I don't know what you would call it, mantle. What, um, like a TV stand? It, it's not a TV stand. It's it's like so. There's like little cupboards where I would keep all my clothes and stuff in it as well. But it's also where I keep my my TV. I don't know what you would call that. Dresser. Dresser. Thank you, Adam. Thank You're you, welcome. Adam. You bird buck for you. <laughs> That's two bird bucks. Wow, love it. Love to see it. You're just moving up in the world. This right. current bird bucks will be more valuable than the U.S. dollar by the end of the week. It's a new Any, Bitcoin. Yes. Anywho, so I had have my TV up on the mantle, and then I have the power bank at my feet for my computer charger, and then I have my laptop situated somewhere on the mantle where I can have access to both screens when I am enjoying my playing slash viewing experience. So that's how I've been spending the majority of my uh, of the time watching the playoffs as I've been doing a bit of both. And let me tell you, it is very tough to keep my eyes on one screen. It is very, very tough, but I have mastered the art a little bit. You know, it's funny because I was before we go into what we're going to be talking about and also the the return of one quick question. I just want to say that um, I was talking to somebody when I was at work on Sunday Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like, you know, watching, watching games and stuff. And he was like, you know, ever since I had kids and all that, I haven't watched a full game of anything in the, like the longest time. Like I, and honestly, I don't, I don't have kids. I'm not married. And I, and I, and I'm in the same boat. It has been a long time since I've sat down for three hours and watched a full game of something. that's horrifying to me just because I, I, I don't know what it means 
to turn something on and not finish it when it comes to an event? Well, if I have stuff to do. Adam, this is where you lose touch. Okay. (laughs) My listeners, please. I'm sure you can relate here. When your team comes on, say your team is the Rangers. Let's just say Rangers play tonight at seven o'clock, by the way. Fuck the devils. Fuck the devils. Yes. Fuck Jack Hughes. Little bitch. I know. Kako's better. Thousand percent. Rangers are on at seven o'clock tonight. Mm -hmm. And let's say. uh, I'm just trying to think of a good example. Let's just say your significant other. Let's just say your partner, say your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, whatever. Well, that's a kind of a far step that you just made. From- well, you, you'll see where I'm getting with this. Okay. And that person that you live with asks, says to you, hey, I need you to go to the store before it closes because we need half and half for coffee in the morning Okay. at 7.05, two minutes before puck drop. And you are crazy about your Rangers. Are you going to go get that half and half? Or are you going to wait until 10 o'clock after the game is over with or during intermission? No better. To go to the store or go to a a 7-Eleven convenience store to get that half and half. Make whomever asked you to get that half and half happy. Then you're able to come home with that half and half and not miss a single second of the New York Rangers. Well, I think that this is a, this is a multifaceted question and it's a very deep question. I would agree. I think that I, mm, I probably would go just because I know that whoever just in my scenario for my personal thing that whoever was, would ask me to go wouldn't, wouldn't want to wait wouldn't want to like wait for it but also i mean i could wait till 10 anyway because the store that we would get that i would go to closes at midnight so i just think it's more i i also like watching the uh the the condensed game highlights as well they're they're great over the literal game not over the the literal game but i do like watching them what? <sighs> Disappointed in you. Wrong answer. You gave the wrong answer. Hmm, moving on. Moving on swiftly. Okay. You have lost a bird buck. So I only have one. You have one bird buck. Yes. Because of that obscene, disgusting, heinous answer. You've lost one bird buck. And you are very close to losing your second. So you're treading on thin ice. Anyway, what is your one quick question for me? That was very unenthusiastic. You lose your other bird buck. Unbelievable. You have no bird bucks. Unbelievable. You have no future investments. Unbelievable. Well, maybe you, you always have a shot to get them back. But right now... You're setting bottom of the barrel, Adam. Unbelievable. Anywho, so, of course, we are talking about quarterbacks in this episode and basically what we're going to be looking back 
at quarterbacks with the year that it was for the quarterback position, a truly um, fascinating year trailblazing year, I think is the way to really put it. And what did we learn from this year that can help us evaluate quarterbacks next year? Um, so the quick question that I have for today is, and I'm only going to include quarterbacks that were playing this year. So you can't say Trevor Lawrence because that's the obvious answer to this question. Okay. Who is your one sleeper for the quarterback position next year? Your is one Trevor sleeper. Lawrence a sleeper though? People I think so. Picking, people are going to be picking Trevor Lawrence kind of high with high expectations. Are, are you thinking Trevor Lawrence is going to be picked higher than the 10th round? Because I would say ten, I would say round ten and lower is what I would call quote sleeper. I think that there are going to be some opportunistic fantasy managers who are going to pick Trevor Lawrence ahead of the tenth round. Well, let me have a look at what his ADP is right now. While you answer this question, I will uh, I'll have a look at what uh, Trevor's ADP is right now. And this is very very early, obviously. Um, so the, my deepest sleeper, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, yes, sir. Um, I think uh, this is this is tough. I think that it definitely depends on the a lot of the moving parts that happen this off season because there there should be a lot of moving parts. Sure. At the quarterback position, mm-hmm. um, I think Jalen Hurts is definitely going to be a sleeper. I mean, he's not. I mean, people people know about him, obviously. He's not like the deepest of sleepers, but I think that his dual threat ability and we've seen it this year is that the, the, the best quarterbacks in fantasy this year, most of them, basically those that aren't Aaron Rodgers, are dual threat quarterbacks, guys with at least 400 uh, rushing yards. And so I think that the fact that Jalen Hurts, you know, has the the rushing upside and he is showing you something in his limited starts, threw for a thousand yards, threw for six touchdowns, he had 375 rushing yards in a limit in limited starts, mind you, and three touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. So yeah, I think that that he's gonna be a player that people are going to find a value from or, or people are going to get value from that from a player like uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence, by the way, right now in mocks that are taking place, he is the 18th quarterback off the board. 18. So 18. who is he around? Do you know? He is, a, he is around. I could pull it up right now. He is around. All right, so we'll just do this. Fuck it. Okay. For next year, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or, and these are all guys that are in like the 16 to 21-ish range, Trevor Lawrence or Jimmy Garoppolo? I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence as well. Jimmy Garoppolo is 24. Um, If he's a starter for the Saints, Taysom Hill or Trevor Lawrence? I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. I would rather have Taysom Hill. I would rather that depends if Michael Thomas is still there also. Yes. 
yes, if Michael Thomas is still there, I'd rather have Taysom Hill. Uh, Trevor Lawrence or Jared Goff? I think I'd rather have Jared Goff. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence um, only because there are some whispers going on with the Rams that that whole Goff-McVay dynamic may not be as rosy as we thought. I believe the word marriage counseling or the phrase marriage counseling was used. It was thrown thrown around. Yeah. Um, So I would, I would take, uh, I would take Trevor uh, there. And I mean, we haven't had the conversation yet about coaches, but I think we'll, we'll just go into this. What were the Jaguars thinking with Urban Meyer? What were, what were they thinking? Says the Ohio state fan. That's how you know. Why? Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is like, why does it? This feels like Steve Spurrier going to Washington. Yes, th- th- exactly. This is what this feels like, where you where you want it to pan out and you hope it does because you're obviously rooting for a guy like Urban Meyer who's getting a shot in the NFL, given he is one of the greatest college coaches of all time. But common sense says that it's probably not going to for one reason or another. Well, I think the other interesting thing is that at least with with Spurrier, he went straight from Florida to the NFL. Right. Urban Meyer has spent years out of the game since he retired the last time. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been three years. This should be three years because he missed out on the last year of Haskins. What did he miss out in the last year, Haskins? Or that was a new No, that's when he left. So Haskins was the was the last guy that he had, and then it was uh Justin Fields. He right. That was the skit. The scandal year. The scandal year. Don't What's you remember scandal year? It was it was either his last year or the year before his last year, where there was that scandal where one of his employees at Florida who followed him to Ohio State. Um, was was arrested or something for domestic violence? Oh, I forgot about that. I thought that that's why he retired, why he left the first time, not oh, only because of health issues. Oh no 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 no! That was hit with Urban. It's been health twice. It's been health twice, and maybe third time's the charm in terms of actually being able to hold on to. Uh, to this job. I mean, he's got 15 million reasons why he should try and hold on to that job. Um, but we'll be talking I, about the I coaches mean, on the basement talk podcast a little bit more when the hirings are all done. And before we go and just keep going on with this Trevor Lawrence discussion, uh, fuck Doug Peterson. Glad he's fired. Um, okay. Trevor Lawrence or Ben Roethlisberger. Oh boy. They I'd rather have Ben Roethlisberger. I oh, I'd rather have Ben. I don't. I don't know though. I hmm. just think Big Ben is a volume play for me, just because he throws. He threw the ball six hundred and eight times. Yeah, that's <laughs> this a lot. Past season, it's a lot. I would say because you're taking your odds are, if you're in a. 10 or a 12 man league odds are you're taking one of these guys as a backup 
if not as a low, low, low range starting option. If you're taking, if you're taking it as a backup, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence just because I think there's more upside with him. Oh yeah. But if you're taking, if you're taking one of these as a starter, I'd rather have big Ben because I think the floor is much safer. Yeah. I, I still would, you know, I did say big Ben a couple minutes ago, but I think I'm leaning more towards Trevor Lawrence because I'm thinking about how he looked in that playoff game against the Browns and he just looked cooked. He looked cooked. Yeah. No, you're a thousand percent right. He looked fucking fried. And, and I mean, there's a chance that Juju might not come back. He just Marquise Pouncey just retired. You don't even know if Ben is going to be back anyway. I think Ben will be back for one more go at it. Um, but he clearly, clearly did not look like the big Ben that we have grown accustomed to seeing over uh, over the years. He looked definitely a step behind, but you could also say it came down to the offense and that there's no way that a big Ben, given his um, his physical condition, should be throwing 608 times. So that, you know, that could be more of an emphasis on Pittsburgh going out there and getting a running back that can carry the load, be a guy that would get you 300 plus touches, which will definitely help Ben Roethlisberger, no doubt about it, because they just completely abandoned Le'Veon the run the second available. half of the year. And Le'Veon Bell could be available, yeah. I mean, I don't know if um, he's really yeah, looking no. to go and reunite with uh, Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, but. We've seen crazier things happen before. Um, and then one more, uh, Trevor Lawrence or Baker Mayfield? Oh, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield. I'd rather have Baker, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield as well. I would That's as well. the easiest one. You're the easiest one? Really? Hmm. I think, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so my, my turn to give a sleeper. Um, so yeah, this this is a tough one because there are there are a lot of guys that that I like outside of this range. I think it also depends on where they are being drafted. We've talked about Joe Burrow at nauseum on this podcast and have said that he's a great sleeper given his uh, condition. I'm not going to take the easy way out there and say Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm going to say Matt Ryan, and you know I understand that Matt Ryan coming off of a statistically down year, but even then. You know what it's you're just, getting. Which, he threw for 4,500 well, yards, well, right. 26 touchdowns. Well, right. Statistically down year for him, 11 picks, 26 touchdowns. When you know, you're know you seeing him, 38 touchdowns, 2016, 35 touchdowns in 2018. I just think that Matt Ryan, if you can tell me that Matt Ryan is going to be in Atlanta, which I believe with the hire of Arthur Smith that he is going to be, that they're still going to keep the band together. It's good news for, for Matt Ryan. Now, what I think that they really need to do is get themselves a running back that can really carry the load for what this Falcons offense now going to be run by Arthur Smith is going to uh, require. Todd Gurley is not that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they have any running back on this roster that can be um, even close to being that 25, 30 carry back that Derrick Henry was. And I think, you know, we're going to see more uh, of Matt Ryan. Cause I think Matt Ryan is more of a consistent thrower potentially than Tannehill is. And I think Arthur Smith may realize that and know that he's got a guy that he can rely on 
uh, to get the ball downfield. And obviously you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and, and Hayden Hurst. I mean, offensively, the Falcons are, are pretty set. And now you have a guy going in there where he's offensive minded. And that's something that we haven't seen from the Falcons where you have an offensive minded coach now running the show after, after Dan Quinn and after Raheem Morris, both defensive minded guys, Matt Ryan now is going to have an offensive minded head coach that he's going to be able to work on things with and really emphasize, you know, trying to have a bounce back year, making sure the Falcons are at least productive enough on offense where you could say, you know what, Matt Ryan, who's being taken right now as the 13th quarterback off the board, you know, it's, it's not terrible. He's a very boring option. I understand it. He's very bland. He's not going to give you much in terms of a wow factor, but in terms of a guy that can get you 4,000 yards, can get you in the range of 25, 30 touchdowns, and you're looking for a, quote, sleeper, I think Matt Ryan is being slept on, and I think he can he can definitely be that guy in terms of giving you value in relation to where you draft him because QB 13 right now is going in the 12th round. So I think it's very, very, very good value for someone like Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the only two quarterbacks that threw the ball more than Big Ben were Matt Ryan with 626 passes and Tom Brady with 610. I was going to say, so, I, I, mean, I was, I was going to guess, yeah. was, is Tom Brady one of them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that definitely, that's the worst part. That's like the craziest part about Big Ben also is that so Matt Ryan and Tom Brady both threw for close to or more than 4,600 yards. Matt Ryan for 4,581. Brady for 4,633. Right. Big Ben, for all the passes that he threw, only threw for 3,803 yards. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's that Steelers offense in a nutshell where you think it looks productive when really it wasn't. I mean, look at Juju. Juju had 98 receptions and I believe only 800 and something receiving yards. Like that, that, that's a joke. Yep. I mean, the, the numbers look nice, but you do a deep dive on these numbers. They're not nice at all because how much do they really matter when, you know, for someone like Juju, for example, he really is only getting you five, six yards a catch. Yeah. I mean, it's Unless. like screen passes dump offs and it's just not it just doesn't work right it, it it doesn't work it was a very dink and dunk sort of offense where you know i kind of look at it as a less efficient offense as you know kind of what they were running in new orleans with drew Brees. you know two guys who clearly their best days are behind them and you know it's a lot of dink and dunk and not very nice to to watch by the way uh, exactly. condolences condolences on your boy uh being out of the league and being put into the retirement home by Tom Brady. That was awesome. I loved it. I hated that. Fuck Drew Brees. Thank God he's done. I hate Tom Brady. I hate Drew Brees. Why do you hate Drew Brees? I'll tell you why I hate Drew Brees. What did he ever do to the Cowboys? No. No, it's nothing to do with what he did to the Cowboys. It's what he's done to me. I own Alvin Kamara. Nothing to Kamara. I own Michael Thomas. Nothing to Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas didn't have a touchdown all year. In two years, in two years, Adam, of owning a New Orleans Saint, 
I've gotten four touchdowns in two years from the New Orleans Saints. And they both yeah. came from Kamara last year. So fuck the Saints and fuck Drew Brees. Well, all right then. Why? Well, I mean, it's pretty valid. It's a, it's a valid criticism. I, I am swearing on this podcast, so it is on the record. I am fully on the do not draft New Orleans Saints bandwagon for the year of our Lord 2021. Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance that Drew Brees is not going to be there if Jay Glazer is anything to go by. Terrific. Excellent news. The league will be better they, off. Wow. That, see, that, that is just harsh. Is it? Is it harsh? Or is it the truth? A little. A little. Was anybody, was anybody truly entertained by that performance? I don't know, Bucks fans. Bob, okay, okay, Bucks fans. How about how about neutrals? Like I was not entertained watching that game. I thought that game was so slow and so blah. Thank thank the heavenly Father that it's going to be Tampa Bay, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Thank God. Well, then that that's the true goat battle because then. It'd be the the real goat going up against Tom Brady. You're you're although crazy. actually Joe Montana Even... would have to come out of retirement for that to happen. See, Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't the goat, but it, Joe Montana still is. See now, I the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life is Aaron Rodgers. I've ever I've ever seen in my life is Aaron Rodgers. But who's the goat? It's it's Tom Brady. It's it's Tom Brady. Doesn't it's not make any pr- sense. In terms of being the pure player, like who the best player is and who performs, it's Aaron Rodgers. But who has the entire package, who's won the most, winning encompasses everything. That that takes the cake. It's Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady is the GOAT. But who is the best player at the position that I've seen in my life? It's Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't make it doesn't make him the GOAT. It doesn't make him the GOAT. Like, I could say the best player I've seen in my life is LeBron James. Doesn't mean he's the GOAT because we know who the GOAT is. It's Michael Jordan. Yes, I'm aware. I don't, uh, winning, it's not everything is the thing. It's the I only think, thing. Yes, Vince Lombardi. I know, Vin, that's not what I was going to say. I fill in the blanks for you. Go ahead, Adam. Say what you're going to say where everyone in this podcast is going to turn it off because you're going to speak complete nonsense right now. I know exactly what you're about to say, and I'm about to strangle you. So please continue. No, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. I still I still think it's Joe Montana. Joe, Joe Montana doing what he did in the era that he did it in. Um, I think he he's the GOAT. You have a more credible argument. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not, but Joe, Joe Montana is. You have a more credible argument given given you are a salty Jets fan and realize that Tom Brady has been giving it to you for the past 20 years. So I, I would expect nothing less for you to try and not give credit to, to the GOAT, Tom Brady. Whatever. And Joe Montana is, I mean, and Joe Namath is not the worst quarterback to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yes, he is. Thousand percent. 
He threw for 4,000 yards in a 14-game season. Does he have more touchdowns, more interceptions than touchdowns? Yeah, he does. Thank you. That's all, that's all I needed to hear. It's okay. It's okay, though, Adam. 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 It's okay. I should bet. He threw for 4,000 yards when murder was legal in the NFL. Shh. Ashbet. Ashbet. Murder was murder was murder was legal in the NFL in the 60s. Adam, Adam, Adam. You're getting yourself all worked up. Joe Namath won't be the worst quarterback in the Hall of Fame for long. Eli's gonna trump him. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Eli's gonna be there soon. The title will be given to somebody else. Don't worry about it. Joe Namath will just be another guy in the Hall of Fame soon enough. Anyway, but he won't be he won't be the worst. He won't be the worst because it'll be it'll be Eli. Yeah, probably. So, oh, it's going to be gu- guaranteed, yeah. guaranteed one thousand percent. Yeah, that's probably right. It, it's right. It's right. Uh, thank you. I know I'm right. Yes. So let's talk about these quarterbacks. We've Surely. looked to the past. Well, let's look more into the past, actually, before we go into the future. Surely. And talk about what we've learned this season from the quarterbacks. And I'll tell you what I've learned. It's that above all else, I mean, you have players like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and even Philip Rivers, who did kind of well and don't really do much on the ground. Philip Rivers rushed for negative eight yards, by the way. That's crazy. Yeah. The entire yeah, they season. Were, they were all kneel downs, I'm pretty sure. Negative eight yards. Yeah. Um, so you have those guys. And even Matt Ryan also, who, did, who doesn't really run, uh, run with the football. But you have to prioritize quarterbacks with rushing upside in next year's draft. You see Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, these players all have the rushing upside that it's like it's hidden fantasy points. You know, it's it's just another thing that they have that other quarterbacks don't have. And that's kind of what you're seeing. Lamar Jackson, of course, also, he rushed for a thousand yards this season as a quarterback. He's only the second to do it in back to back, or he's the second, or yeah, he's the second player to do it. He was last year, but he's the first player to do it in back to back seasons. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're looking for. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So this is a situation where you have to prioritize getting a quarterback that can run as well as a quarterback that can pass, because that is just points that you're leaving on the table. Well, Otherwise. well, here's the difference. I mentioned, I made this comparison before let's compare guys like Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan passed for 40, 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill passed for 3,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. So the touchdowns were up, but the yards completely, completely blow Tannehill out of the water in comparison to Matt Ryan. But what makes a difference here is obviously the difference in seven passing touchdowns makes a difference there. And you look at the rushing numbers. Ryan Tannehill had seven rushing touchdowns. Matt Ryan only had two. So... Adam, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. Where I guess you know, which is worth more points. Rushing touchdowns are worth six points. Passing touchdowns are worth four points. Yes, depending depending on where you play. Depending on where you play and depending on how your league is set up. I know a ton of leagues that have six points per passing touchdowns. 
Um, but normal normal standard is four for passing, six for rushing. Yes, correct. But Adam, I mean, I, I completely agree with you where, you know, you're going to need in terms of next year, you got to be looking at guys that are going to have some rushing upside. And if we're looking outside of the quarterbacks that had 300 plus points, you know, outside of the Josh Allen's, Kyler Murray's, Deshaun Watson's, Justin Herbert's, basically a 300 point threshold for quarterbacks is all guys above. Kirk Cousins is the leveler. He had 300.1 for 17 weeks. So outside of that, you're looking at guys like Matt Ryan. You're looking at guys like Derek Carr. You're looking at guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield. None of these guys have that rushing upside. The one guy outside of this that really intrigues me, if you can guarantee me that he is the starter next year, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is the one guy where if you could tell me that he is going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints next year, he has that immense rushing upside eight rushing touchdowns this year for Taysom Hill. So I think he could be a pain in the ass to anybody that that owns Alvin Kamara that owns Michael Thomas. You can tell him Michael Thomas is going to be in New Orleans next year. I think he can be a real thorn in their side where if I am taking one of those guys, I'm probably wanting to go out of my way to get Taysom Hill as well, just because I'm going to get at least something from Taysom Hill taking it in at the two, three yard line, because we know Sean Payton likes to do it. We've seen him do it before, and there's no reason to why he won't continue to do it again. Now, this could all change. Obviously, if the Saints decide to go and draft a quarterback, if they decide to re-sign Jameis Winston, we don't know what we're going to be in three, four months time. So we'll be having the same exact conversation, I'm sure, in May. But as for right now, you can tell me Taysom Hill is going to be the guy going into next year if Drew Brees is not there. I love Taysom Hill going into next year a whole lot because he fits the criteria so much in terms of the guys that had those 300-plus points. They all had the rushing upside where Adam is a thousand percent correct in his assessment where you have that rushing upside it only helps you so much more and even a guy even a guy like joe burrow before he went out joe burrow had 169 fantasy points given his schedule that was left adam mind you he had the giants he had the dolphins he had dallas he had Pittsburgh, he had Houston, and then week 17, Baltimore. I think it's fair to say that if Joe Burrow was healthy and didn't have that injury, we would have had another guy in that 300-point club. He oh, yeah, probably definitely. would have been in that. He already had three rushing touchdowns at this right. point. Right. So if, even, if, even if you can tell me that Joe Burrow in that six five, six game stretch would have had two more rushing touchdowns that would have given him five. That still probably would have put him in, in that 300 point threshold. So Adam, you're a thousand percent correct. You're looking for guys that have one of two things rushing upside or they're in pass heavy offenses. And that's where a guy like Josh Allen 
he's perfect. He's perfect. I'm and, sure you don't need an excuse to say that. Well, yes, he he is he is just crafted to perfection. I mean, look at him; he's an Adonis. But it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes next year because I just think he's going to be so overdrafted. I mean, I have my I have my ranks that we're going to go through um, before we close out the program, and they're interesting. They 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 are interesting for sure. And it'll be very interesting to see when ADP kind of settles how far away I am on, on certain guys. Cause there are a lot of guys that I like, and then there are a lot of guys that I'm unsure of. I mean, one guy is like, this, is it Deshaun Watson? If he's not in Houston, which all indications are just pointing in the direction that Deshaun Watson is not going to be in Houston next year. You know, what, what does he look like? Well, what does he look like? Stop it. I know that's like your, your, your wet dream. Stop it. Oh man, if you could just see the smile on my face right now, talking about Deshaun Watson, until he goes to Miami, and then oh, if and he goes then, to Miami, I will and that be smiley face turns into a frown. It does. It it would. It would. having Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen in the same division as you, you got to play them four times a year. Yeah, yikes. <sighs> That's a. That's what we call a big yikes. Well, imagine Belichick. He's going to have Justin Fields, potentially, either Justin Fields or Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen and or Tua Tagovailoa in, in that division. See, I don't think the Jets take a quarterback. I, I really don't. I think they look to trade out of the pick and take maybe a Sertan. Maybe if they trade back enough, they can take a Penny Sewell if he's there. But I don't. I, I don't think the Jets are taking Justin Fields. I, well, I, don't, I don't think so either. It would probably. I mean, I. I mean, Rob Sala likes Sam Darnold a lot. Yeah, and so yeah. does Mike Lafleur. Yeah, I, and look, I think with a better staff in place, we will have a real sense as to what Darnold is. I th- honestly, uh, to me, to me. I think it makes more sense to draft an offensive lineman or a receiver for Sam Darnold than it does to go and draft a quarterback. Because I well, think Sam, Sam Darnold can be can still be good. Me personally, I do. Well, especially if he's going to have if there's going to be an offense that plays to his strengths, which correct it looks like this offense will. Yeah, and Mike Lafleur is very, very highly regarded. Very. So he's going to come in, and I think him and Sam Darnold are going to really, really work on things. And Sam Donald gets a one-year audition. Yeah, and you get a you get like a good receiver, like an Allen Robinson potentially, or even or Devontae Smith. Oh boy. Yeah, or or who knows, you know what what Salah's going to bring over from San Francisco because you you know that there there's going to be guys that Rob Salah maybe Rob Salah brings over Richard Sherman. That'd be legit. Can you who imagine? Knows? Who knows? It, it's it's highly possible. It, it definitely is, but uh, yeah, I kind of, I agree. The, the one exception to this rule, I guess there are two exceptions to this rule are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Well, even, even Aaron Rodgers, I believe had five rushing touchdowns this year. He had three, actually three, three. Yep. Okay. 
Well, also, and, and Tom Brady, I mean, that's easy. I mean, 40 touchdowns, nearly 4,700 passing yards. Right. I mean, the, and Aaron Rodgers had 48 rush at 48 passing touchdowns. So, right. So you, that's all I really need is that you have guys that are throwing 40 passing touchdowns. Doesn't matter what they do with their legs. They're they're going to produce at a very no. That's what I'm saying. Like just because they don't don't avoid them, just because they don't have the rushing upside. That's not what I'm saying. Just well, right, right. Yeah. I said I said that before. Is you need to be you need to go and invest in guys that if they're not going to have the legs that are going to be in high volume passing offenses, which is where I think Matt Ryan definitely comes into play. Tom Brady definitely very, very much in play. Aaron Rodgers, much of the same story. Aaron Rodgers, I believe the last I checked was going in around the seventh round for uh, ADP. Now, again, early data. Don't know how consistent that's going to be, but right now he's going in the seventh round. And, you know, I, I see that as someone that owns Aaron Rodgers in a keeper league where I can keep him for a 10th. And I'm kind of saying to myself, you know what? I just got, it's a highway robbery. You might as well do it. It makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes it makes sense to do it. And then maybe, maybe if I can get a pick in the middle of the draft and I could just take Devontae Adams and have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack, I'm chilling. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack with DK Metcalf. Woof. 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 That's sexy. It that gets, me, it else. gets me feeling a certain way. That is something else. There's a party going on down south. Oh, boy. That's just. <laughs> Rio de bad radio. Rio de Janeiro, Adam. Come on. Get, 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 you got your mind out of the gutter. Oh, that's south? Not like south. Of, never mind. South of the. Not like south in the country. Disgusting. Not like Dis- south of the Mason Dixon line. Disgraceful. That's not what I was going to say. I was talking about. I thought you were talking about something more mainland, you know, like, you know, in the like Louise, like New Orleans or, or Texas, Florida. Uh, Mardi Gras is not here yet. No, it's in a couple months. Yes. Can't wait for it. It could be going to be a great time. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with these quarterbacks? Um. I would say also keep in mind of guys that are going to be pressed by young rookie quarterbacks. So, for example, if Pittsburgh decides to go out and draft a quarterback this year, if, you know, what happened with the Patriots situation, the Patriots, that's one that I think I do want to talk about briefly before we go to the future and what next year sort of looks like for the quarterbacks. I would not be looking at the Patriots at all for next year because this is a team that's going to be bad. Now, there are rumors that I've heard that the Patriots may not take a quarterback, that Bill Belichick may go through one more year, give Stidham the opportunity. The madman. The madman himself. And then the following year, if the Patriots are in a spot where they can be in the top five, then take a, then take a quarterback, whether it's a, um, Sam oh, Howell. Shit. Sam, yes, Sam Howell out of UNC or Spencer Rattler from, from Oklahoma. Oh God. That, that's a man that knows he can never get fired. He, Bill Bill, Bill Belichick has the best job security in the world. 
he's the only coach in the NFL that can be like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to start. We're going to go with Jared Stidham for a full year. He has the best job security in the world. Granted, granted. And this is the one guy that I think the Patriots could be in play for. And that's Mac Jones, because it is very known the relationship that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have. So would it surprise me if Bill Belichick called up his boy, Nick Saban, and said, hey, what's the deal with your boy, Mac Jones? No, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Well, they used to work together in Cleveland all those days ago, all those right. years ago. Right. They're boys. They're boys. Yep. The goat in the college game and the goat in the professional game. Two coaches that I hate with every fiber of my being. Two coaches that thought. I love with every fiber of my being. God. I love them immensely. Because they are such assholes. But my God, do I love the energy. Well, at least you can admit that they're assholes. Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. I love the asshole energy. I think I, I kind of so. I think I, I kind of give off that a little bit, Adam. Occasionally, but I wouldn't say it to your face. You get a bird buck back. <laughs> You're breaking even today, Adam. Well, that's it. That's always good. It's been an up and down day on the market for you, but at the end of the day, you might break even. I should go tell my mom who works in, who's a financial advisor. You should. Mom made a nice return on my investment. I broke even that <laughs> I got one bird buck. Uh, one bird buck to my name. I'm rich. It's going to be more valuable than the U.S. dollar by the end of the week. The interesting thing, it's funny that you mentioned New England um, because I also think it's going to be fascinating just predicting how the, the whole quarterback carousel is going to go because you saw – you hear all the rumors, the rumblings about Matt Ryan on the move, Matt Stafford on the move, Carson Wentz, obviously. Does he stay now that Doug Peterson's gone? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, exactly. I would say to you this, Adam. That Jimmy Garoppolo got traded to the Jets. I think you'd probably have a nervous breakdown. Probably. I would say this. Bill Belichick would be like, I thought I sent you away from here. <laughs> True. I would say based on the last week and everything that's happened, I would say the most likely of those quarterbacks that you mentioned that's probably staying in their place is Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is probably going to stay in Atlanta. Out of all the guys that you mentioned that could be moving, I think Matt Stafford is the one that, that could be moving on. And it also throw in to rebuild. And, yeah. Throw, throw in Drew Brees and Deshaun Watson and all those uh, and Big Ben, the other moving sure. parts. Sure, also, but if, if, we're talk, if we're talking about, you know, flat out releases and, and things like that, Philip Rivers, I think, is going to stay in Indianapolis potentially for one more year. Maybe. Unless, you know, because I, I also think Carson Wentz is probably going to stay in Philadelphia now. Which that creates a whole different dilemma. Yeah, that might change my answer about Jalen Hurts being a sleeper. Well, I mean, if Carson Wentz is not in Indianapolis, then and, and the new guy, whoever it's going to be, wants Jalen wants Jalen Hurts to be the guy, then then Carson Wentz is a great answer. Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis, they push Philip Rivers out the door, bam, done. Philip Rivers goes back to Los Angeles to be a backup. Can you imagine to Justin Herbert? No, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers does not know what the word backup means. He only, he only knows what the word backup means when it comes to a first and goal on the one-yard line and it comes down to a QB draw. 
<laughs> then then he'll say, "Oh, backup clipboard." Okay. Backup? Who is that? Like, uh, oh fuck, I can't. Was it Charlie Whitehurst? He was my backup for a long time. <laughs> Kellen Clevins. I know Kellen. him. I remember him. I know him. Oh, yes. God. Cardell Jones? Yeah, I know him. Cardell Jones. I know him. Oh, Lordy. So we've we spent all this time looking at the past. Let's look and move to the future and look at what not only like what you what you're thinking about as far as quarterbacks. You know, we've done we've had a top seven, top twelve, whatever. What is your top seven for quarterbacks? going into the 2021 season fantasy football season well this is this is where it definitely gets a little uh, a little dicey because obviously there's a lot of unknown with situation involving deshaun watson um but i do have him in my uh, in my top seven so let's go from seven to one uh number seven i have aaron Rodgers. number six i do have deshaun watson right there Number five, I have Lamar Jackson. Number four, I have Dak Prescott. Number three, I have Kyler Murray. Number two, I have Josh Allen. And number one, no surprise, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Quick question. Shoot. Why do you have Aaron Rodgers below Deshaun Watson? Or why do you have Aaron Rodgers at seven as opposed to higher it comes it comes down to the rush to the rushing for me and and they they are very 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 close uh but i think it's unrealistic of me to expect aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 48 touchdowns again next year right so if we're regressing aaron Rodgers back to the mean and let's just say on the high end we project aaron Rodgers for about 40 touchdowns that's still good enough to finish in the top seven, but with all the rushing quarterbacks that we have, it's not enough to put him above Deshaun Watson. And that's exactly what I did when I did these these ranks is I shaved touchdowns and yards away from Aaron Rodgers just to kind of see where he would fall. And he still was a top seven option, but he was below Deshaun Watson. So with that in mind, that's what I decided to do in terms of these projections, you know, to start in these ranks is go on the low end, be safe with it. But Aaron Rodgers, number seven is no, is no insult. That is no insult. No. Cause I think he can be really good. It's just be projecting him more on the lower end. I'm surprised that the one thing you haven't come at my neck for, and you're asking the question of is where the fuck is Russell Wilson? Well, I mean, that is an interesting question because we haven't talked about Russell Wilson at all nope. in the, throughout this entire show. Mm-mm, we have not. And Russell Wilson's situation is kind of interesting. It's very interesting. And uh, obviously he's going to stay there, but he's going to have to deal with a new offensive system. I would laugh my ass off if they hired Adam Gaze. That would be quite funny. I mean, how many fucking failed Jets coaches are you going to get as your offensive coordinator? First, Brian Schottenheimer, and now this. Pete Carroll loves himself the New York Jets. What what, what do you want me to say? Um, I'm surprised considering that his tenure as the Jets head coach did not end all that well. Fair. I would say this, Adam. 
Russell Wilson has a path to being a top seven quarterback. I think he could be, he's probably more likely to be a top seven quarterback. Do I think he drafted as such? Yes, because he's Russell Wilson. And odds are that people are going to overdraft him because his name is Russell Wilson and he carries that name value. When the Seahawks do make that hire for who their offensive coordinator is going to be, I will reassess and I will say, you know, do I think Russell Wilson is going to be higher than guys like Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson? The answer might be yes. The answer might be no. Because we saw Russell Wilson play like an MVP for the first half of the year. And the second half of the year, I I don't know what the hell happened. I just think this offense, it was too... It was too unbalanced. They relied so much on Russell Wilson. And to be honest, teams just figured it out. Teams figured it out. And granted, you could say that the defense got worse over the course of the year, where it really did come down to Russell Wilson having to get into, you know, these these shootouts where we know Russell Wilson's not the guy that wants to get involved in a shootout. We know that. We, we absolutely 1,000% know that. So if we can get now an offensive coordinator, whomever the hell it's going to be, and I, I haven't heard anything about it as to who the guy is going to be for Seattle, I would have to go back and reassess where I have Russell Wilson. But for right now, he's just on the outside looking in. I do have him as my number eight quarterback, if that makes you feel any better. It does. Um, but I'm telling you that that, that, that top 12, is so crowded with guys where single moves can project any one of these guys into the top seven. Like I'll give you the top 12 that I have. So outside of that, it's Russell Wilson at eight, Justin Herbert at nine, Tom Brady at 10, Ryan Tannehill at 11, Joe Burrow at 12. And then right outside of that is Matt Ryan. Okay. So yeah. There's just so much that can happen with those top 12 or 13 guys where anything can make those guys leapfrog into a top 10 or a top seven or even a top five. Well, here's the interesting thing is that that the fact that you said that the top 12 is so crowded, it brings up a really interesting discussion. And this is what we'll end the show on. How late can you really – you can wait pretty late for a quarterback in 2021. Adam, I'm so happy you made this point. This is a great, great way to end this the show. So what I do with my ranks and the way that I charted them out was I basically on a piece of paper, I wrote them all down. I have them right in front of me. And then what I did was I took a highlighter and I highlight through all the names – that I think a team can win with a fantasy team can win with going into next year. Here are the names that I think teams can win with. I'll just read them out verbatim. Okay. So Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, obviously Dak Russell, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Tannehill, obviously Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, depending on where he goes, Jalen hurts, Kirk cousins, Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Taysom Hill, Carson Wentz. So right there, we're talking 18, 19, 20, 21 quarterbacks 
that I have that I think you can win a fantasy championship with next year. So there is no reason why you have to go out of your way to draft Patrick Mahomes where I think he's going to go, and that's being a very late first-round pick, early second-round pick. That would just be nuts. I'm telling you, Adam, I think that's where he's going to go because this Chiefs offense is just over-the-top good. I'd rather pick Kelsey in that spot. I I think Kelsey's going to go in front of him. I think Kelsey is a surefire, locked and loaded first round pick. I would pick Travis Kelsey in, in the late first round. If well, I we had, had, we had this discussion. I believe it was what last week. Yeah, we had said this, mm-hmm. where we both would take Travis Kelsey in the first round. Either last week or two weeks ago, where we talked about ADP. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was. No, it was two weeks ago because last week we did we did the mailback. So it, yep. it was two weeks ago. I have no problem. Anybody said to me, if you're sitting at eight, nine, ten. Hey, I'm thinking about taking Travis Kelsey. I would say, okay. Yeah. It's one it's one of those circumstances where Adam most people know me by now. They know how against tight ends that I am. Travis Kelsey in that spot is not a bad thing. But I he's just not wanna, just another tight end. He's not also. just another tight end. Correct. I just want to prepare our listeners for what ends up happening when you take Travis Kelsey and then we'll sign off and then we're good. What happens when you take Kelsey is, and this happened to me just this year is you take him, you feel great about it. Cause you know, you have such a positional advantage at tight end. You have the best tight end in fantasy football w- without question. But then you look at your team and you say, oh, shit, how come I didn't take a receiver there? Or how come I didn't take a running back there? And then you start to fall behind and you start to look and say, you know, I I really, really, really wish, you know, that I didn't take Kelsey. And you start to, you know, you're, you're chasing the entire draft is what you end up doing. You're chasing the entire draft just because you took Travis Kelsey in that spot. And I think it's going to be even more prevalent when you start taking him in the first round because you're taking Travis Kelsey probably over guys like Nick Chubb. You're taking him over guys like Josh Jacobs. You're taking him potentially over guys like if Dalvin Cook goes somewhere else, maybe Dalvin Cook falls enough where you're taking Travis Kelsey over Dalvin Cook at running back, which is such a premium position fantasy. And we, we know this. So – it starts to become a very interesting debate over you know, what you want. Do you want that premium, premium position in running back where you feel like you have more of a complete team or do you want that white whale of fantasy football in Travis Kelsey who just completely defies all the norms that fantasy has to offer? It's a very, very good discussion and we're going to be doing a ton of mock drafts on this show and – I'm telling you that there, there's going to be a mock that we do where we take Travis Kelsey just to see what the overall team looks like. I would love to do that exercise. I would too. Because I, I think, frankly, if you're at 8, 9, 10 in a 10-team league or a 12-team league, whatever, you could probably get – running back is, an, is another position that's so deep, like quarterback. Running back is, is, a, is a pretty deep position where you can get – you're not getting like – you know, a one kind of guys, but you're still getting players that are, that are solid. 
So if you're in a, if you're in a 12 team league, let's say you're picking eight, right? It depends also how many receivers go in the first round also in addition to Travis Kelsey. True. So let let's just say you're in a 12 team league, you're picking eight. And let's just say that the top five running backs are off the board. So McCaffrey's gone, Barkley's gone, Kamara's gone, Cook's gone, Henry's gone, Zeke is probably gone. And you look at receivers, Devontae Adams gone, Tyreek Hill gone. Then you're sitting at eight, eight or nine. You take Kelsey, right? So you have that Kelsey gone. So then you're sitting at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you're picking next at 15th overall. So you're looking at guys that will probably be off the board. Hopkins gone. Thomas gone. Diggs maybe gone. Austin Eckler definitely gone. Aaron Jones probably gone. Nick Chubb maybe. Jonathan Taylor maybe. So you take Kelsey. You're probably looking at pairing Kelsey with a DK Metcalf Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson at receiver. If you're going running back, you're probably looking at pairing him with a Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, that kind of running back. Do Chris Carson? That? I, Chris Carson, sure, but I, I don't have Chris Carson ranked very highly. I, okay. I, have, I have Chris Carson barely inside of my top 24. Gotcha. So – you know, it could be something that, you know, you could just say, look, take a tight end, take a receiver, and then just start building up the running backs whenever I can. But running backs, we're going to see in these mocks that we do, and we're going to be doing a ton of them. Running backs run out real fast. And I believe we we did the comparison when we looked at these top 20, the, the guys that are ranked 20th, according to Fantasy Pros. And I have the site up now because I'm a radio professional. And when I need to well, use my resources, I have them. So the wide receiver 20 for, according to fantasy pros is Cooper cup. The running back 20, according to fantasy pros is Chris Carson. Who would you rather have Cooper cup or Chris Carson? I think we already did this, but I think I'd rather rather have Cooper cup. Right. Exactly. So that's where I think you're better off. You can just in the first two rounds, taking your two running backs, taking those stud running backs and then building up the rest of the draft with those middle of the road, wide receiver twos and just saying, you know what? One of them is bound to outperform where they're projected. And hopefully you have one of those guys. Yep. But I think I agree with, with a lot of that. It's, it's definitely kind of an, you're putting yourself in a, in an interesting position when you draft either if you, when you draft either quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or you draft tight end, like Travis Kelsey in the first round, you're, I don't want to say you're putting yourself at a disadvantage because obviously you're getting one of the best players in the draft um, at a position that at least for tight end at a position that these players are only are not are very rare. You know, there's only a couple of really, 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 really good tight ends and Travis Kelsey is even above those. So I think this is one of those things where maybe next week, maybe in two weeks, we should do a mock draft where we can actually think about how somebody can kind of navigate this position because it's going to be a problem that more people have than you think. Cause I think there are a lot of players, a lot of owners that are going to be looking to draft somebody like Travis Kelsey in the first round, just because they saw the numbers that he put up in, in 2020 
And like, I want a piece of that at tight end. I don't want to have to worry about the looking at the waiver wire for tight ends ever again. Yes. I mean, uh, that's a very valid point that people are just going to say, you know what, take the white whale and be done with it. Never look at the, never have to look at waiver wire for a tight end. Exactly. But you know what we have over the next couple of weeks, I guess this is the time to just kind of go into well, what the, what the game plan is. So we are recording today, Tuesday, you know, you'll hear this episode on Tuesday. Um, then I believe we're going to try and do another one this week where we're talking about running backs and, you know, what the running back landscape looks like. Then next week, we're going to be doing wide receivers. And then I think at the end of the week, what we can definitely do is do a mock. Is do our first mock and okay. see. Yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely want to do uh, the first mock that we do plan ourselves to pick at eight or nine, take Kelsey and see how it looks. I want, I'm re- really interested about this experience. This I experience. am too. I am too. Just to kind of see how it looks. Cause look, I, I never had Travis Kelsey before this year and it was a great experience, but you realize very quickly that you, you're, you're behind, you're behind in other spots. So you basically need to have, if you, if you take Kelsey, you need to have a perfect draft to ensure that, you know, you're not going to be behind at other spots. So yeah, we'll definitely be doing that mock at, at some point. Cause it'll be, uh, it'll be a very interesting learning experience for, uh, for all of us. One of those, uh, let us take the plunge. So you don't have to bingo. Yeah. Well, let us thank- do the work and you just listen. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but also the regular Basement Talk Podcast with Bird and Jake. Also, the Quizvitational and the Basement Talk Podcast Debate. And that's all on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon Music. And uh, what do you say, later in the week, we'll be talking about running backs? Uh, Later in the week, yeah, Thursday or Friday. Very exciting stuff. Can't wait for that. Can't wait to uh, talk to our listeners once again about uh, fantasy football and stuff that's leading into the 2021 season. Yes. And, and, and a little, a little something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there is going to be a quiz stational coming either this week or next week. All right. I'm sure people are chomping at the bit. The people have wanted it. The people are going to get what they want correct for my co-host ed birdsaw i am out of caster and we'll talk to you next time on the basement talk podcast Fantasy show bye bye